Welcome to Aerospace Unplugged. I'm Adam Kress. Hello, and thank you for joining me for the Aerospace Unplugged podcast brought to you by Honeywell Aerospace. I'm your host, Adam Kress, and this is your behind-the-scenes look into all things aerospace. On this episode of Aerospace Unplugged, we'll be talking to an orthopedic surgeon who found his way into aviation in the most unusual way. It's a fascinating story that was brought to light during the early stages of the pandemic, but the work of our guest, Dr. Arthur Kreitenberg, dates back much further than that. Dr. K, as many call him, is the inventor of what is now called the Honeywell UV Treatment System. It's a device designed to roll up and down an aircraft aisle and use UV light to treat surfaces on an airplane. Now, the light that's emitted from that device is highly effective in eliminating pathogens and viruses. Dr. Kreitenberg, who is both an orthopedic surgeon and an engineer, originally called this product the Germ Falcon before his company, Dimer, partnered up with Honeywell in 2020 to take his vision to a wider audience. This technology is now being used by airlines and aircraft operators around the world, but it was a heck of a journey for Arthur to get to this point. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome in Dr. Arthur Kreitenberg to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Adam. It's really fun to be here. All right, let's jump right into it here. So um, for the layperson out there who may not know what UV light does and how effective it is, take me through the 101 level. What, What does UV do and how does it eliminate these viruses? Sure. UV is actually ultraviolet and it's produced by the sun. It's, it's divided up into three bands, A, B, and C. A and B get through the Earth's atmosphere and cause things like sunburn, and of course, plants use it to uh, do their photosynthesis. UVC uh, is a, a narrower uh, band of, of wavelength of the UV light that doesn't penetrate the Earth's atmosphere. So microorganisms and people have never developed a mechanism to protect themselves from UVC. Hence, UVC can really kill microbes. It's been used in healthcare uh, for about 100 years. Okay, so I imagine that's probably how you were inspired being a doctor yourself. How did you make the transition, if we go back in time a little bit, to say, okay, I, you know, the medical field knows that UV light is effective, but how can we use it in other areas? What was that transition for you or the, or the spark of an idea? It actually started during H1N1 epidemic we had 10 or 12 years ago. My daughter was playing volleyball at a high level, and because of H1N1, the NCAA said nobody should shake hands before and after a match. And I looked at a volleyball match through the eyes of a surgeon. I said, okay, they don't give high fives, but the next thing they do is scratch their leg, bounce the ball on the dirty floor, they serve it, they bump it, they set it, they spike it, and within a minute or two, everybody has effectively shaken hands through the ball. So I looked at how we could effectively and rapidly disinfect a volleyball. Chemicals are hard because there's a four minute wet dwell time that's required to be effective and it's gonna leave the ball sticky and wet and and gonna be a problem. So I looked at UV uh, as a solution, which is very good for surface disinfection. And through several prototypes, we actually built a device that can disinfect a volleyball, basketball, or playground ball uh, in about 20 seconds with about a 99.99% kill rate of those germs. All right. So definitely a much more uh, effective solution. So after you did that, then, uh, what was the leap from that to thinking about uh, airlines? Uh, I have kind of an aerospace medicine background and part of the Aerospace Medical Association. I was actually a finalist in the astronaut program 
a bunch of years ago. But I was flying from the West Coast where I lived to the East Coast where my kids were in college. And it got me to thinking how often people get sick after they fly. And this is back in 2014, well before COVID. And how do airplanes now deal with the hygiene and sanitation issue? Uh, because it's difficult on an airplane with so many surfaces at so many angles and such time, such tight time constraints. And again, then I said, hey, maybe we could use UV and got in my basement workshop and actually went down to what we call the airplane graveyard in Mojave and bought some old airline seats and some overhead bins and built a mock-up of an airplane cabin and started to play with different designs. And that's how we kind of came up with this. Okay. Very interesting. Now, if we, before we get into some more details of, of the germ Falcon and the Honeywell UV treatment system, take me back one step further. What got you interested in, in medicine in the first place? And why did you become a doctor? Uh, I, as a little kid growing up in the sixties, uh, I was fascinated by the United States space program and wanted to be an astronaut. Most kids give that up by the time they're nine or 10 years old. <clears throat> I did not. And uh, when I was in college, I was in ROTC for a while, hoping to become a fighter pilot. Uh, and I decided I didn't want to be a fighter pilot. I had good grades and things. So I applied to medical school, thinking that they would need doctors in space. Uh, and actually understanding that bone and muscle wasting is a big problem with prolonged space flight, uh, chose orthopedic surgery as my specialty. So that's how it, that's kind of the short version of how that all came about. All right. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Lots of, lots of new and exciting things. And actually at the end of my residency, I was selected to go down to Houston for an interview and had an opportunity to become a finalist in the astronaut program and got really close. That's another story. <laughs> Save for, for another podcast that we'll do on space for sure. <laughs> um, all right. Jumping back now to, to your product, you're developing in, you're, you're literally in your basement trying to piece this thing together. Tell me about that, that process and the sort of research you had to do to work to get a product ready for this um, aviation market. Well, I understood the time constraints that airlines were under. Uh, we were talking to Virgin America Airlines at the time before they were bought up by Alaska. Uh, and they were really enthusiastic about the project, uh, thinking that it would be a differentiator for them to actually have disinfected aircraft for people board. So, but they said, hey, it's got to be really fast and it's got to be really thorough. And again, UV light can do that. And so what we did was as we flew commercial, I actually, uh, my son and I were working together at this time. Uh, we actually took a tape measure and started measuring interior cabin dimensions of different airframes. So the distance between the seats, how high the seat backs were, the dimensions of the overhead bins, the lavatories, uh, et cetera, to, to kind of reconstruct our airplane mock-up for different airplane configurations. And then we started to build a design that would hit all of those surfaces, really using the same UVC physics principles that we learned disinfecting sports balls uh, with angle of incidence, how the light hits the surface, how much exposure is needed. Uh, and in our mock-up, again, I smeared germs on every surface that's commonly touched, the seat backs, uh, the seats, the tray tables, the overhead controls, uh, all of those things, and started to figure out where the lamps need to be 
where the UV is going to be most effectively uh, shined and exposed uh, literally from the floor to the ceiling on all these commonly touched surfaces. And we came up with a device that we called the Germ Falcon after about three or four prototype iterations. We named it that because, you know, Falcon is aviation and it's literally a winged predator of germs. Yeah, for people who haven't seen this, um, you know, the device itself, the light emits from wings that extend from the center that kind of hang over the seats as it goes up and down the aisle so that it could shed light, uh, shine light on the seats, like you said, on the tray tables if they're down, uh, up above to the, to the controls for the, um, you know, the air conditioning vent and that sort of stuff, right? Right. Well, you made a good point when you said when the tray, if the tray tables are down. And what we realized is that, and we talked to people who actually do the cleaning of airplanes at night, and what we did, we did, we designed it in such a way that there are two passes. So one pass where it's going one way down the airplane, all the tray tables are down, the overhead bins are open, the armrests are down, the window shades are down. And then quickly the crew uh, or the cleaning crew goes ahead and reverses all those things and takes the other pass. So we get both sides of the tray tables, the armrests, the overhead bins, the window shades. Okay. So, um, you know, people are going to compare, well, you could, you could spray and you could wipe things down. There's different ways you could try to treat and clean things. What would be the advantage to doing it this way compared with what the airlines have traditionally done? Well, when you say traditionally done, I, I'm, I'm reluctant to say that, that they have rarely, if ever, uh, sought sanitation on airplanes. It just wasn't a pain point until COVID. After COVID, uh, yeah. they were scrambling, the airlines were scrambling for an effective way to disinfect an airplane interior. Uh, there were a number of chemical proposed solutions out there uh, with different techniques that spray and wipe or use these electrostatic sprayers. The problem with all of the chemicals is that in order for them to be effective, the EPA requires a four to 10 minute what they call wet time or dwell time. So that surface has to remain visibly wet for at least four minutes to be effective against these germs. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're spraying it or using an electrostatic sprayer or a wipe. Uh, it's very, very difficult to keep a surface visibly wet for four minutes. That's particularly true in the low relative humidity of a commercial airliner. And it's particularly difficult in something like an overhead control. So in other words, it's a horizontal inverted surface that drips like crazy if you try to keep it visibly wet for four minutes. It's virtually impossible. And then that dripping happens onto the seats. The other problem is that all of these chemicals are approved for hard, non-porous surfaces by the EPA. If you look at a commercial aircraft cabin, there are lots of surfaces that are not hard, non-porous. For example, the seat covers, the carpet, the armrests, the, uh, the in-flight entertainment system screens, you know, harsh chemicals are very harsh on those. So up to 50% of the surfaces are not compatible with chemicals. Um, unfortunately, the airline industry, you know, really kind of clung to these chemicals because they're cheap and supposedly fast. But the problem is they're not fast if used properly. Whereas UV light is very fast. Uh, once you get to the dose, you've killed all the effective germs. Uh, it turns out that SARS-CoV-2 and the other coronaviruses are relatively easy to kill compared to some of the hospital germs that we deal with. It takes uh, roughly a third to half the dose 
of, say, MRSA that we deal with in health. Interesting. Okay. So if we go back to um, summer of 2020, when the pandemic has, has set in, the world has changed dramatically. Um, you, th- there's obviously, in, in, a, in a strange way, this created an amazing opportunity for you in the, in the technology that you created. At the same time, I know you were looking to, to scale, and that's where Honeywell came in. So how did um, you initially get connected with Honeywell, and how did these conversations start about um, you know, bringing this product to market and trying to get it to a big, wide audience in a hurry? Sure. It was really a, if you said in a hurry, it was a, a, a very rapid sequence of events. Uh, Honeywell, as, a lot of, a lot, as well as a lot of other companies, reached out to us because you know, we had this technology that had matured over five years and was really pretty good uh, and just about ready for scalability. But Honeywell, especially their aerospace lighting people, who were a really very talented group of engineers, understood the physics of light. And they saw what we were doing compared to some of the other UV solutions that were generally uh, vertical stationary towers that can't possibly be effective. Uh, even in healthcare, they're not very effective. Uh, but when they understood about things like the angle at which the light hits the surface uh, and the dosing required and where our lamps were, they looked at it and said, wow, this company is, has saved us five years of research. Uh, and they came in and... Uh, because everything was closed down during COVID, we actually met with uh, Honeywell, a team of about five or six at our house. And it was a, a real scene. They were at our house for a week. And uh, one team of engineers literally took apart one of our germ falcons to write down all the part lists and see how everything got put together. Uh, and then the business people were sitting in the breakfast room uh, and hammering out the details uh, of an agreement. Uh, and it was a, a whirlwind, uh, and just it was just a pleasure to deal with such professionals. No, that's that's excellent. I remember it as as well, and was working to to help uh, you know promote the product and and get it out there to the world. When it came to the the reengineering and some of the redesign work, the, the the tweaks and improvements that had to be made, what were some of the things that um, that needed to be done and were accomplished to get the product ready to a place where airlines would be happy to adopt it? Uh, sure. Well, understand, even though we were on our fourth or fifth prototype, uh, a lot of the components came over the Internet or literally from Home Depot. So it was it was a big, heavy beast. Um, some of the products, although they carried uh, UL or CE certifications, uh, those were fake certifications, uh, which which was a lesson for me. I mean, I, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. I don't deal in this world. Uh, and when I went to engineering school, I literally used a slide rule. So, you know, things have changed a lot in the engineering field. And so they, they took the basic concept. Um, our machine was uh, bulky and heavy, but the basic dimensions were there. So, uh, and it was really, they designed it for manufacture uh, to scale, uh, which our machine had not. Um, even though we had a contracted manufacturer to build the, the final Germ Falcon, um, there was still a lot. They were not aerospace engineers. Uh, but again, just it was really a pleasure to watch the product uh, evolve with such a talented group of engineers. Yeah, definitely. If you're dealing with any aerospace engineers, I'm sure they're going to want to cut weight first, right? <laughs> That's right. And efficiency and time and reliability. So it was really, it was just fun to watch them. I mean, I, I learned so much in the process. Yep, definitely. So th- looking ahead a little bit now, um, 
we, you know, we're, we're two years uh, nearly to the day, at least in America, um, as of recording to the pandemic. Um, do you see UV light playing a bigger role in slowing the spread of diseases overall moving forward? Uh, I do. And, and Dimer has continued with a couple of other products. Uh, and of course, Honeywell has taken over the aviation sector for us. Uh, but, I, I, you know, it's, it's really UV has moved from the healthcare setting to the non-healthcare setting. So Dimer has offerings and has placed products uh, into gyms, schools, uh, restaurants, health clubs, uh, you know, kind of a variety of really interesting areas, uh, beauty salons, for example. And so we have those offerings. We have companies that are doing disinfection as a service uh, where they'll go from store to store uh, with, the, with one of our products uh, and disinfect. So I think broadly across the world, it has in the last two years, UV has really uh, is finding its way. Uh, there are a couple of barriers to that. For example, the EPA and the FDA are slow to move on it. And one of the problems we've had at Dimer, frankly, is that there are no standards for proper UV disinfection. So I say that anybody who has you know, a fluorescent lamp and a ballast can start a company and say, hey, we disinfect and it's really cool. But they don't understand the physics. They, they don't understand what it means to kill germs and to disinfect. Uh, I, I'm in a unique position as an orthopedic surgeon because we take our environmental hygiene extremely seriously in the operating room. And obviously, in a preschool, you're never going to get operating rooms you know, type sterility. But, um, you know, the same principles. Apply. Okay. Um, so you, you touched on it a little bit, but what are some of the bigger um, surprises you've seen or, or lessons that you've learned over these past two years during the pandemic as, as there's been... Um, you know, so much more attention on on disinfecting and, and cleanliness. As you've gone through this journey, what have you learned overall? I, I said that the biggest surprise and the biggest transition I've had is that I'm not a big regulations kind of guy. You know, I mean, it's, you know, I believe in free market and those kinds of things uh, philosophically. And but now I see that there's harm in a lack of regulations and standards so that, for example, we talked about chemicals and People will just kind of spray and not observe those wet dwell times that we talked about and think they've disinfected their environment when they haven't. Um, same thing with some of these cheap UV units that are out there that can't possibly be effective. But the, the public can be easily duped, and that's why we need standards. Uh, Dimer is uh, probably the only company that's pushing for tough standards in healthcare. Uh, we published a paper in the Journal of the National Institutes of Standards and Technology. Uh, we're also talking about standards for uh, airplane hygiene, uh, meaning that regardless of what method, whether it's chemical or UV or ions or some of the other evolving technologies, there should be certain standards uh, that achieve a certain germ kill over a reasonable period of time and adequate number of surfaces on the aircraft. So that, and really that's going to benefit the airlines if we can get these standards in place because the airlines are not, they're not healthcare. They don't understand the disinfection, but if they have an approved method, regardless of what that method is that has met a standard, that really aids the airline in picking a solution for sanitation of their aircraft that they know is going to work to protect their crews and passengers. 
would that ultimately be um, something the FAA would have power on to to set that sort of standard, or 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 what do you, what are you guys doing now to try to help get that standard step that standards? We have talked to the we have talked to the FAA. We have talked to uh, some members of Congress about it, uh, and, and everybody agrees. Yeah, there should be some standards, there, but but it's really hard to get those in place and get consensus. So. I'll say that we've tried, um, and it, it is an uphill battle, but I think ultimately um, we need to have that to prepare for the next pandemic. Um, I hate to be a, a negative person, but if you look at the way germs and pandemics have occurred throughout history, the major barriers that nature has provided to prevent the spread of disease are things like time, distance, mountains, oceans, and deserts. So what do airplanes overcome? Time, distance, oceans, mountains, and deserts. So not only does it transport people very rapidly around the world, but it transports their germs very rapidly around the world. And it's not a coincidence in my mind that you know there are very few pandemics. And then look at things over the, the last 20 years. We talk about H1N1, we've got MERS, we've got SARS, we've got Ebola. We've got COVID. Do we really think that's the last one to happen? No, sadly, no. I, I think it's it, if it wasn't already obvious to people how small the world actually is and how easily connected it is right. uh, in many ways by aviation, that should have become very clear in the past two years. <laughs> yeah, that, um, it's in, yeah, if you look as at people travel, their baggage and everything else travels with them. Right. If, and if you look at the way the plague spread around the world in the 1600s, it was very slow. It took months to years. Why? Because, you know, camel caravan and ships were the, the transportation mode of choice. Now it's airplanes. And, you know, that's, uh, you know, again, it's very rapid travel well within the lifespan of these germs. For example, one of the very interesting things that we've noted, uh, there's a Kyoto University uh, came out with a study in January of 2022 that looked at surface survival of the various strains of COVID. And what they found is the initial COVID that we were dealing with survived on surfaces for two to three days. By the time we saw the Delta one, that had a surface survival of about five days and that quickly became the dominant strain just surface survivability. If we look at the Omicron variant, it has a surface survival of about eight days. So the fact that each one of these variants that has a longer surface survival becomes the dominant strain, in my opinion, really underscores the need for surface disinfection. Uh, and UV is the perfect avenue for yeah, it. Yeah, it sounds like it. What's the next, the next big step when it comes to um, Dimer's plans uh, overall as a company, and then also Dimer's work with Honeywell in aviation. Uh, well, we want to see this partnership go forward. Um, we think it's not only good for Dimer and for Honeywell, but it's good for the airlines and it's good for the flying public. Uh, Dimer did a, a survey back in 2014 at a travel show of almost 1,200 passengers. And we asked a few questions, and this is, again, this is six years before COVID. Um, have you gotten sick from germs on an airplane? Yes, no, or maybe. Over 80% said yes or maybe. You know, we asked them, should there be a regulation, a standard 
that airplanes be uh, sanitized even once per day, 96% of people said yes. And I don't even know what those numbers would be after COVID, but, but they'd probably be higher than 96%. So, yeah, so there, we do believe there's passenger demand. And, and it's hard to prove when a person takes a trip exactly where the germs came from. But fortunately or unfortunately, people stick it to the airlines. Uh, they just believe that the airline, the airplane is the source of their germs. We don't know if that's true or not. But even if we can change the public perception, and one of Dimer's uh, initial mission statements said that we want to transform the airplane from the germiest to the cleanest part of the travel experience. Uh, and, and this technology that Honeywell is now producing has the capacity to do that. It's very exciting. Yep. Yep. Excellent. Switching gears real quick. You mentioned earlier that you work with your son on yes. this company, Dimer. Um, so tell me how you guys started to, his name's Elliot, right? Yes. Yes. How you and Elliot started yeah. working together yeah. and, and kind of who does what and how's that going? Well, I'll say that anybody who's participated in a father-son business know that there is some butting of heads. <laughs> uh, but the nice thing is that I am the kind of technical person and he's the business person. Uh, he was in business school on the East Coast uh, when I was tinkering around in the basement with this. And he came downstairs and he said, Dad, what are you working on? And I said, oh, it's just this thing. And he, and he sees these airplane seats and overhead bins in what used to be a batting cage uh, in our basement. And he says, what are you doing? And I said, I'm trying to see if I can disinfect airplanes and, you know, and, and, and reduce the germs on airplanes. And he looked at me like, first he thought I was crazy, which he's always thought. And then he said, do you understand that you, that this technology can change a whole industry and change the world. Like, ah, oh, no, you're being a little melodramatic. And he goes, what if there's a pandemic? And this was in 2014 or so. He goes, he goes, the pandemic is going to spread around the world by airplanes. He goes, do you realize that you could, if this is adopted, you could prevent a pandemic? You could, you know, make this happen? And, he's, and so he turned down Wall Street offers uh, and some great business opportunities out of a great business school to uh, say, Dad, I want to start this company. And I go, ah, come on. And, and he very quickly, like I said, uh, uh, reached out to Virgin America uh, and they were all over it and they helped us to develop and encourage it. They let us fly on their airplanes doing cultures and checking uh, efficacy and, and things. So, so he jumped on it and uh, I'm very proud of him for taking that risk. No, that's excellent. That ex that's excellent to, to be able to work together, father and son, family business and watch something grow for sure. Uh, I have just one last question for you. We call this the Aerospace Unplugged podcast. So when you unplug, you're not in surgery. You're not working on the latest version. What do you do to just have fun? Uh, I'm a runner um, and um, I am involved in some charity groups. Um, and for example, one of our latest things is our family brought in to our home a family of seven Afghan nationals uh, who were refugees after the fall of Kabul in August of 2021. Uh, we invited them into our home. One of them uh, had actually gone to West Point with my daughter, um, and he was uh, pretty high up in the Afghan army, uh, and he was very wanted by the Taliban, as you can imagine. And we housed them and, uh, and really enjoyed the whole experience. Uh, they've since moved out. They spent a few weeks with us. And... Uh, but that's the kind of work that my wife and I really enjoy doing, kind of giving back 
uh, to the community and uh, making a difference in people's lives. Wow, that's absolutely amazing. Incredible work. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Kreitenberg, for joining us today. It was a pleasure. We've learned a lot. And uh, we wish you nothing but the best in the future, developing further technology. And hopefully um, Honeywell could help you get there and on aircraft, even more aircraft all over the world. So thanks again. All right, Adam. Thank you. Thank you to the audience. Appreciate that. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time on the next episode of Aerospace Unplugged.